0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wildcat Scoop podcast. I'm Wildcat Authority publisher, Jason Shear, And um, it's been a, about a week since our last podcast. I, I mentioned that um wouldn't have a review because of th- our preview of San Jose State and New Mexico State. Because they really aren't all that good enough to preview. Um, same deal this week. Arizona will be heavily favored. Uh, to win both games against South Dakota State and uh, Long Beach State. Long Beach State being the first part of the Wooden Classic um, that will be in Anaheim. We will be making our way out to Anaheim. We're going to be covering the Territorial Cup um, and the Anaheim Tournament. I'll be covering the Anaheim Tournament because... Uh, frankly, this basketball team right now is uh, is probably too good not to cover. But uh, in terms of South Dakota State, not going to do a breakdown of that one. Arizona's favored by 22.5 points. Um, Arizona's good. South Dakota State's not as good. There's your preview of Arizona wins. I'm sorry, if Arizona loses, <laughs> it'll be a, a very large upset. One of the bigger upsets of the season right there with Evansville over Kentucky. So, um, better off just kind of talking about where the, the team is overall right now. Uh, the last time I, I talked about Arizona on this podcast was after the win, um, over Illinois. Uh, and, it, you know, it, not much has changed in my opinion. Um, I think the first thing that stands out about this team is that it is, it's super fun to watch right now. Um, the pace is obviously great, and the thing is uh, that, you know, going back a few weeks ago, um, Sean Miller, maybe the only time he said it about a team, and that isn't because he doesn't like to get in transition, but um, he said that this team is better in transition than it is the half court, and if you watch him coach this team, as soon as they get a rebound, if it's Josh Green or another guard, he's yelling at him to push. If it's a forward, he's yelling at them to, to get the ball to a guard and push. He wants to get in transition. Um, they are moving fast because that is what this personnel is best built for. Um, Nico Mannion has done it in high school, AAU. He's doing it in college. Uh, Good coaches play to their team's strengths. And I think that's what Sean Miller has done so far this season, is that he looks at the overall construction of the roster and realizes that, simply put, um, this isn't a half-court team. Could they score in the half-court? Absolutely. It's not like Nico Mannion gets to the half-court and just wilts. I mean, he's a a very good point guard in the half-court. Josh Green is a good point guard, etc. They're shooting threes at a high clip this season. Offensively, you know, before the season, I, I mentioned that this is clearly Sean Miller's best team in terms of personnel. Um, no, nothing's changed. I mean, you take a look at every position. Um, Nico Mannion can score. Dylan Smith, not a big offensive player, obviously. Um, you know, Josh Green can score. Zeke, we'll get to him later. You know about him. Chase Jeter isn't a bad offensive player. And then you got Baker, Dutriv, uh, Max Hazard, etc. all have an offensive strength to their games um you know it's a if you're looking for concerns right now um I think there's a few that are glaring but to start with the positives um Nico Mannion is a guy I said it at the Illinois game uh his technical foul the other day was bound to happen um it's an interesting scenario because I don't think there's a ton of trash talking in college basketball there is some for sure it's not on the level of the NBA obviously um, which happens both on and off the court. But Nico Mannion's always been a big trash talker. He's a big trash talker and in, in a U-ball. He's a trash talker in high school. I mean, you go and you watch some of his videos on YouTube, and um, there's a lot of trash talk. I, one of my favorite recent videos is when he went head-to-head with Devin Askew, and, and they were talking trash to each other the entire game. Um it's not malicious. It's it's how Nico Manian kinda gets himself to rise above the competition. And against Illinois, uh the guy pointed to his jersey and I turned to the person next to me and I said, Watch this. Like you just know it. If you've watched Nico, you know it's happened. Like I knew when he got the tech that he was gonna be on uh on the offensive, that he wanted to go and score and be aggressive. Um that's how he gets himself motivated, that's how he gets himself into the game mentally. He's there to begin with. But once he reaches that extra level with the trash talk and all that, you see his game rise. You saw it against New Mexico State when he got the Tech. You saw his game rise to another level where he wasn't really aggressive offensively. He gets the technical foul, and it's on. His best games this season will likely come against the better teams. Like, I would not be surprised if he doesn't do great this week, but he goes to Anaheim and against some better teams, he does well. Um, or if he doesn't play all that great or isn't that aggressive against, like, a Washington State... But against a Washington, he plays really well. Um, The coaches are working with him to be more consistent. That has been uh, a a message to him: is Hey, we love your energy against Illinois, but you better bring that same energy against San Jose State. That's that's how you differentiate between uh, good and great. And and I do think he is great, but I do think that the coaches want to see him be great every game, as opposed to saying Hey. I need to get self-motivated. I need this guy to kind of get in my head a little bit or talk a little trash, whatever it may be. And I take my game to the next level. His next level is as good as it gets in the country. I mean, we saw it against Illinois. We saw it against the West state. His next level is really, really good. It's just a matter of being able to get to that next level and maintain some consistency there. Um, you know, Other standouts, you know, I, I want to give props to Dylan Smith. (laughs) Do I, do I think he's a great basketball player? No, but as someone explained to me, um, even though he's a starter, if he can put in a role player type of effort, he's fine. And I think that's what he's doing this year. In other words, if he's starting like he did last year and he's looking to shoot and make plays off the dribble and, you know, making bad decisions, obviously his value isn't very high. If he's doing what he did this year, which is defend and make the open three, find teammates, etc., his value's fine. You know, he's not going to play 30, 35 minutes in crunch time. He'll he'll probably play around 20 minutes all season, um, if that, depending on, on how Devin Ayer goes. But his role as basically a role player, whether it's off the bench or in the starting lineup, if he does what he's doing this season, it's really not all that bad. And that's coming from someone that is as hard on Dylan Smith uh, as anybody, as you guys know. So, I, I mean, you know, is he the difference between winning and losing a basketball game? Probably not. But I do think that Sean Miller likes his uh, perimeter defense. Uh, you, you know, you match him up with a guy like Green or Mannion, and maybe there's some struggles interior. Um, I, I do think that Sean Miller overall uh, likes his defensive ability. Um, in addition, you uh, you take a look at Josh Green, and he's a guy where I also think he's looking for some consistency uh, offensively. But defensively, he's really good. Um, you know, he, he made some mistakes early in the year in terms of getting lost on ball movement and leaving his guy in the corner. And I, I understand that the competition the last week wasn't as good, but those mistakes weren't really happening. The, the thing I like about Josh is he knows what his strengths are. And really, you could say that for the entire team. You don't have any guys pretending like they're good at certain things that they're not and ruining the team offensively and defensively in the process. Like Josh Green knows he can hit the open three, but he's not going to force the three off the dribble. Okay. Josh Green knows that his strength is getting to the basket. You saw with that acrobatic layup, he can get to the basket on a consistent basis against most, most defenders. He knows his strength on defense is as good as anybody and will be as good as anybody in the country by the end of the season. So he's going out there and he's putting in effort. Like here's a kid that went to the microphone after a recent game and told us that he loves to defend. I mean, he probably brought a, a tear to Sean Miller's eye to hear a freshman who's going to be a, a lottery pick, probably, say, I love to defend. Because not a lot of guys love to defend. I love Sean Miller's defensive system and that's what he said and miller probably got a sound clip and sent that out to every player that he's recruiting saying look man this kid's really good and he likes to defend here um but again in in Sean Miller's system you know we've always said that if you can't defend you won't play Like, people wondered why Devin Air wasn't playing more last year, and I always pointed back to defense. Well, Josh Green can defend, and he's going to be a guy in these close games that when you look at the roster besides Nico, he's going to be the guy that's really, really hard to take off the court. Um, So, you know, I I understand he's not averaging 25-5 and or whatever, and he's not, um, you know, a major scoring type of guy, but he's doing exactly what Arizona... Um, needs him to do like he's not going overboard. Um, you know he, he's playing within himself. He's playing within the uh, within the system. Uh, and, and I think that generally speaking, um, haven't heard any complaints about his performance. I mean, he's averaging 11 points, 5 rebounds, 2.5 assists a game. He's shooting to 43% from the field. That could probably get better. Um, he's only turning the ball over once a game. He's making up for it with his assists and his steals. Uh, he'll be fine. But he's another guy. Like, against Illinois, he dominated with 20 points. Against San Jose State and New Mexico State, he has 15 points combined. So it's part of the freshman struggles. I think that the freshmen overall need to find a way to be more consistent, but that's just going to kind of come with the territory. Um, but with that being said, uh, it's not just, you know, going to come with the territory with Zeke, uh, Zeke Nagy. I mean, it is, I've never seen anything like it. And, and I really mean it. I'd have to really think about it. I admit I haven't thought, you know, sat down and thought about it really hard. But off the top of my head, I haven't seen a freshman start like this. I mean, it is such a pleasure to, to watch. Um, he's a really good kid, you know, and, and I know that that doesn't matter in terms of skill. But uh, he's a really good kid. Um, and he is basically has been the best player on the court every time he takes it. He's averaging, and just listen to this, I mean, it's insane. He's averaging 21 points, 6 rebounds, 1.3 assists, 1.3 blocks, half a steal a game, only turning the ball over twice, only fouling twice, shooting 84% from the field. Oh, and he's only doing it in 26 minutes. And it's not a competition thing. Yeah, he didn't miss a shot against New Mexico State and San Jose State. Well, against Illinois, he played 34 minutes Right, shot seventy five percent from the field and had nineteen and five, and threw in a couple assists. What he is doing right now is unbelievable, and we said that you know it wouldn't surprise us, and the coaches have said it too. It wouldn't surprise them if he wound up being the best of the the major, the three freshmen. But you know, I I knew that he would be good. I think the coaches knew that he would be good. To see him on a on this level, you can't tell me that they knew he'd be this good. I'm not sure he knew that he'd be this good. And look, it's not going to continue. He's shooting 84. percent Eventually, teams are going to be like, let's just double this kid and see what happens. Um, Arizona, I'm sure, would love it if a team doubled Zeke because they're a good enough shooting team this year to take advantage of that. Um, but obviously, the level of competition is going to increase. Uh, the you know the the difficulty will increase for Zeke. But let's say you know things fall in half. All right, or <laughs> like, or you know, seventy-five percent. So let's say he his averages drop to fifteen points on forty-five percent shooting from the field, or whatever. It, he's still really good. I mean, that's that's the reality of the situation. Is this isn't a hot streak? I mean, it is, but it's not a hot streak where you say to yourself, "Oh, this is a guy that's just getting hot. He's not that good." No, this is a really good player playing really, really good, and eventually he'll fall back to earth. But his level, when he does fall back to earth, is still going to be really good. And it is insane to watch. Because he's not just doing it around the basket as a big man. He's killing guys in the post. His mid-range isn't even hitting the rim. It's just going straight net. I mean, he is scoring in a variety of ways. His defense is getting better. uh, and, And it's just, it's really fun to watch i mean there's only so much i think already we've had three articles after games where it says how well zeke played like he is the storyline of this team right now uh his national exposure is increasing a little bit but it won't go to his head and again you know you have three first round draft picks on this team and nobody's going to be complaining about their role sean miller's done and i know it's only you know a few games in but these guys are getting the touches, the shots, et cetera, and they're not the type to complain even if they weren't. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's kind of looking at the overall struggles, which I, which I mentioned. I think the first one that comes to mind is rebounding. Um, I don't think Arizona is a bad rebounding team. Uh, and also I think something that you have to keep in mind, and, and I don't know if there's a stat for this, but, Arizona's rebounds are going to be lower when it's shooting the percentage that it shoots. I mean, it's just not missing a lot of shots. There's not a lot of offensive glass to crash. There's not a lot of defensive, you know, it, it's just, it's a different type of situation. Defensive rebound, yeah, they, they need to get a little better. Um, San Jose State, they did pretty well in the glass and San Jose State is the seventh biggest team, uh, in the country. They're going to face good rebounding teams here in the, in the next few weeks. Um, so the rebounding has to improve. Um, I would assume that that has been something that the coaching staff uh, has kind of um, emphasized. Uh, I, I believe overall that the team isn't a bad rebounding team. I think that guys like you know Dylan Smith have to kind of step it up on the glass a little bit. Jamal Baker, when he's in, maybe is a little more aggressive. Um, it's not a huge concern. It's not like Arizona's getting dominated on the glass, but it's going to be very intriguing to watch once Arizona finds um, a better rebounding team so um it just overall um super fun team to watch uh max hazard off the bench is a guy that i think he'll start coming around and, and hitting more of his shots i know that he's practiced well as of late um the coaches really like him like his overall attitude um he knows that he has to get better defensively if he wants to see his minutes increase and he's working pretty hard on it um and jamal baker is a guy where he's finally getting healthy and we saw this past week what he can do. Um, to me, Jamal Baker's best roles is a three and D guy. Um, I get a little nervous when he goes to the basket. He's not off on that area, but it's clear that he's better as a as a three and D type of guy. Uh, I think his three point shot overall will uh, will improve a a little bit from what he's shown at times. I think he's got to kind of get um, in the swing of things of being able to make sure that the shots that he's putting up uh, are better. Um, but with that being said, he's shooting 53% from three, 44% of the field in 15 minutes. I mean, he's averaging, you know, nine points, three assists, two rebounds, and 15 minutes of action. And it's, again, I know I've said this with other guys, uh, the coaches will gladly take that stat line. The guy that I think coming off the bench right now that is the most intriguing uh, is Devin Ayer. I think that what we're seeing with Devin Ayer in the first few games that he was back last week is that he was trying to make up for lost time, and he was really pushing it. And I know for a fact that coaches are working with him, saying, "Hey, you know, you can't run a mile in, in a minute. Like you got to kind of slow down a little bit um, in, in terms of letting things come down to and more come to you. I mean, he's not going to make up for last time. It, it's just it's it's not how it works. It's not going to happen. So he needs to let the game um, kind of come to him. Needs to play within himself um, as opposed to really pushing." And, and, and there's been times where he's kind of hogging the ball and going on like one on four. Um, and that's just not going to cut it. And the thing is that I'm not saying that he's not going to play this year, but he needs to fix the situation with, with um, how he's playing overall because Arizona has enough depth where um, does it need him? Yeah. Is it, is it better with him? Yeah. Um, you know, but can they kind of play Baker and hazard, et cetera? Yeah, easily. Um, and, and so, Dutrieve is a guy where I I think he just kind of, you know, and and to be fair, um, you know, he he came back and uh, I'm I'm sure he's excited and all that. And uh, I think we'll get a better feel for where he is in the next few weeks. I don't think anyone's like really killing him, uh, but he's got he's kind of just got to let the ball uh, in the game come to him um, a a little bit more. So overall, I mean, you know, these podcasts, it's hard to make them longer with basketball because the competition, look, Arizona's playing great. I do believe they're a top-ten team in this country uh, right now, um, but I still think they have to play some more competition. They're not going to get it this week, or at least they shouldn't. Um, in Anaheim, they'll probably get one tough game against Providence. Maybe UCF Penn uh, will be um, somewhat difficult. I haven't watched Penn this year. Uh, Pepperdine has... Uh, Pepperdine has like one good player, um, you know, closer to home and all that, but, uh, they should be able to obviously to, to beat Pepperdine. Um, so, you know, the, after that, um, actually I'm looking, Penn beat Alabama, so that's not bad, uh, but lost to Rice and lost to, uh, Lafayette. So, yeah. <laughs> so, really, the uh, the difficult game will probably be in the final in Anaheim, and then we'll really know after that with Baylor and Gonzaga. We'll obviously have a much better feel um, when you're beating eh, teams at home. It's impressive, but how Arizona's winning. But I think that also there's some skepticism about the schedule, um, quality of opponent, and and all that, which there should be. I mean, let's be real, but. Uh, with that being said, we will have a podcast before Anaheim as it relates to basketball. Um, I know I got to pick it up on the football podcast. There's just not a lot of positive, and it would be be complaining for uh, for 20 minutes. And I don't know if anyone wants to hear that. Um, but uh, with that being said, once again, I uh, I appreciate you for joining me on the Wildcat Scoop podcast. Um, I'm Jason Shear, senior editor. Do me a favor, uh, go rate this podcast. Uh, hopefully you rate it highly and, um, yeah, thanks for joining me. Appreciate it.